kumusta? Um, I don't know this. <laughs> um, I don't know either. I don't know what we, comes next. <laughs> um, saba. We saba. We saba. Konnichiwa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey. We're yeah, so yeah. international. We are. Um, Joking, of course. How are you How doing, are you? girl? Um, I'm good. I'm good. Do you know what? I'm enjoying the little bit of sun that we had. It's been raining all week. And then today is like, <gasps> who are you? Who is this? No, this sunshine. Love... Listen, it is going to be warmer than Ibiza. When? Today? Mm, no, I think maybe next week. Okay. But coming up in the next few days, it's going to be like our heat wave is coming. It's We've coming. been waiting. It's coming. So that April um, heat wave that they did. Um, yeah, that was a lie. Yeah. It's happening like, it, oh, oh, we need this. Come on, oh, Vivendi. Oh, the medallion. I'm mm. using, I told you, the bronzer. Yeah, the, the fake tan. I've got that moisturiser. Yeah. The, my hands up. Look at my hands, see? Oh. It looks like I've got jaundice, see? Am I allowed uh, to say that? Well, Am I allowed that's to say what that? it's like. That's what well, it's it like. Well, it does. And I had it as a baby. Yeah. So, um, it's not like people are like, hey, I've got jaundice here. You can't be saying that. Yeah, I've had exactly. jaundice. Yeah, yeah. It's like when someone has, like, they say something racist and it's like, well, no, I actually have, like, a black boyfriend. <laughs> I had jaundice, babe. I had jaundice. Yeah, and I'm not offended because my kids had jaundice. So, like, ah, well, there you go. Um, inclusive. Exactly. Inclusive. But yeah, um, so super, super, super hot. Um, and I'm loving the sun <gasps> and we deserve it. It's been a long time coming. So happy gonna get, days. Yay, going to get my short shorts out. You're going to see on the them. Booth terrace. Batty riders. That sun. Yes. All that. Love it. Do love it. it. Me on the other um, hand, I'm not going to be doing that. <laughs> You'll, you'll do it in spirit, Steve. Yeah. You'll do it in spirit. You're listening to the Women Who Rebrand podcast. Honest and humorous conversations all about the natural and individual transitional phases people experience to grow, start over or rebrand to become their most authentic selves. Hosted by former mummy bloggers Sarita Fontaine and Chioma Olalei and guest featuring professional rebranders. You can find us on Instagram at Women Rebranded. Episode two. Episode two. No, it's not episode no, two. It's not episode episode two. twenty-two. We have La La La. La La La. Explain. Let me explain. Let me, la 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 explain. Um, <laughs> I'm so terrible. Do you know, you know me, when there's a lot of words, my brain gets um very confuzzled. Um, I've got my yeah, I haven't got my ADHD diagnosis yet, but we'll see. We'll keep, I'll keep you updated with that. Um, <laughs> but she is a dating educator, podcaster, and author. Mm. And she's coming on the show later to um, give us all types of um, dating education when it comes to like things like fuckboys and mm. sex. Mm-hmm. and um, red flags and mm-hmm. boundaries. I'm so mm-hmm. excited. Give me more, give me more. I'm super excited because I hadn't really heard of her until mm. you introduced me to her. So this mm. is going to be like my opportunity to understand exactly what she's about and learn mm. from her wealth of experience. So yeah. yeah. So I kind of followed her from um, early days of me being on Instagram. So I was like, oh, she's cute. Not mm. at, Well, 
what her content is cute because okay. as well okay. she's actually anonymous so you can go and follow her on her gram uh, um you can google her but you won't see her face and i love uh, that because it's like oh we get to find out about how to be kind of um someone in the public domain yeah. but anonymously so yeah you were anonymous back in the day right when you started out on instagram I was, I was anonymous and it gave me great joy. I, what was I, oh yeah, that was when I was, um, Pays That Me. Mm. And um, yeah, I loved it. I absolutely mm. loved being anonymous, just being able to say mm. whatever um, and not feeling that I had to take amazing pictures of myself. It didn't matter if my eyebrows weren't done because no one was going to see them. I was just taking pretty pictures of like plays or... Some other situation, the back of my head or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Freedom. Freedom. I left that and now I'm in the shackles. Yeah, but now you can't be. I'm sure if I Googled your name, there'd be so many pictures. Can you ever Google yourself? Listen, so I I, I have done on the odd occasion purely because Mm -hmm. I, so I have a a professional job and I work with people. Mm -hmm. I just want to know what might come up. What they say. Google me. But... My, which one, one of the kids Googled me the other day. They, she said at school, they were all Googling their parents. <gasps> and some parents didn't come up. And then their kids were like, Shh, this is a little bit awkward. Like my parents. Ah, no, that's a good Google. thing, kids. That's I know they don't thing. understand like how good it is if your parent isn't coming up on Google. But I came up and she was like, oh yeah, mommy, your picture. There was some weird picture of you. And <laughs> uh, it didn't really look like you. And I was like, help these kids saw and I hope they're not taking that to their parents like I don't need this kind of heat so yeah um but I I haven't googled myself since then um okay what about you what I googled myself yeah um so um because my work is kind of online my whole um brand is kind of um online based and it has been for years not mm-hmm. just through content creation makeup mm-hmm. days as well um so I do google myself but that is because I want to keep abreast of what's out there so in oh. terms of um I know I just get maybe not paranoid but if someone writes something or puts something out there that's maybe not true or oh, writes about, about me okay. yeah so I'm like let me google myself just in case there is something out there that I'm yeah, not yeah, yeah. and it happened once following mm-hmm. um being on we, we talked about reality tv uh-huh. um someone actually wrote a blog post about that episode yeah and I only what? found it like years later and they wrote something um about me and I asked them to remove it which they ignored and then you know me well, you, for those who don't, <laughs> me, don't know me I'm uh, you can ask me to send the longest email and tell you about laws and I will give references and uh, and that's basically what I did lo and behold um, they removed it I love it. I love it. Mm, so what mm. was it just lies about you or no, I can't actually remember what they said, but it wasn't it wasn't um I think they said something that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, that was my reason for um asking them to remove it. I love it. I love it. So yeah. it's into a tribunal. Yeah. I, I did. Take I did. Oh. So I'm I'm quite good at that. But in terms of um our guests, relationships. <laughs> yes. Relationships. Yeah. We're gonna get Quite um, 
we never really get personal on this show um, or talk about no. sex or anything like that. No, we don't. But in we terms don't. of relationships, because we're both married, I guess we're kind of out of the loop of relationship stuff. Can you it's remember dating? Time. I don't say Barely. that you're like, you're well old and da 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 da. Do you remember back um, in the day I, when you were I didn't take it a shade, but now <laughs> you've brought that up, I'm <laughs> revisiting that comment. But yeah, so I um, I can't really remember much about dating mm. apart from the fact that the ones that I did I wouldn't I, I don't know why I did uh, I, I don't get the attraction <laughs> now <laughs> what was that about but um yeah I am really out of the loop which is why I love having single friends who are dating so I yes. can live vicariously through them and their exploits like I love getting updates yes going on on these um online dating apps and um, in the DMs and stuff. I, I love all of that. Yeah, it's really interesting. Do you know what my favourite pastimes is? What? Um, when friends allow me to swipe their Tinder. I love it. I love it. I know it's going um, into that kind of whole aesthetic and like whatever, but let's be real. If, um, they don't What's find the best aesthetic. for your friends? Come on. You just yeah. want to yeah, so I'm like, no, 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 or whatever, which way it is, I can't remember, left or yeah. right, whatever. Yeah. Um, sometimes I do ask permission if I don't think, I'm like, do you think um, you would like them? And they're like, nah, so I'm like, that's what I thought. Yeah, 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 <laughs> gone. So that's actually quite fun. But that's kind of how, um, I don't really go into their DMs or whatever. Yeah, stuff like yeah, that. that's a bit much. But in terms of me dating, it's weird because, um, as you know, I'm divorced. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a divorcee and I remarried um, and I married my first boyfriend so I didn't really get to date back then and then when mm-hmm. I got divorced um, 10 years later it was like I don't know what to do like what is dating because I come from the only experience I had is like oh boy likes me <laughs> and it's like well you can't really do that as an adult um, babes and it's like well am I supposed to tell them I like them or do I wait for them to tell me that they like me? Um, so yeah, whole heaps of a mess um, in terms of my dating experiences. And um, yeah, got to the point where I was dating one person. I was like, what are you doing, Sarita? Like, no, babes. Uh-uh. Like, um, no, for so many reasons. Poor me, poor them. Um yeah and then oh. and behold met Danny which um Yay. was um great and worked out so I think I think I definitely had luck on my side but mm-hmm. do you know what happened oh. I got to the point where I was like do you know what I'm not looking for someone and I think that's what what um happened there because I think People can smell it on you, the desperation of, you know, <gasps> I have to have a boyfriend. I have to be in a relationship. And that's when they take the piss. Do you know, so it's then so when funny. I stop looking, it that's, came. Well, always, always, because when I met my current, my current, my only husband. Im. Um, <laughs> we could be Elizabeth Taylor. Right, so when, <laughs> when I met him... I was exactly as you describe. I was like, I'd come out of a relationship and I was just like, nah, nah, no men. Men are off the table. I'm not interested in that. I just want to spend time with my girls. I want to have a great time, mm. live my life, YOLO, YOLO. And then, like, the next day, I just met him. That was it. It was done. <laughs> and then we've been together for like 20 years. 
Wow, 20 years, thing. 22 years. I've been married <gasps> for 20... No, not been married for 22 years. I've been together with him for 22 years. Wow. Do you know what? That's really good in terms of um, remembering how long, because you obviously got together in 20, um, 2000. So you exactly. just to figure out what the last year we're in, and it's like, yeah, 22. You'll yeah. never forget that. Yeah. So... You don't purpose, I, mean, I, I like it. Planter. I like it. For 22 years. Mm. Congratulations. Thank wow. you. So you're going to be like one of those old couples where it's like, yeah, we've been together for 60 years. <laughs> I'm like, that's not even, that's longer than my whole existence. So how are you together in a relationship for that long? So what's, it's wait, um, so what's the, what's the, um, you do that thing where it's like you know every anniversary it's like paper oh no leather or well I, I think we did it for the first couple of years and then it's boring and <laughs> yeah you spend like, no idea you know, more up buy yourself <laughs> a present <laughs> like, no, <laughs> I don't have the time for that come on now so um but yeah I need to maybe I'll look it up what no but we've only been married we've been married for less 21 what oh yeah um, oh yeah you don't do it for... for marriage this year yeah. I can't even so remember how long married how, See, oh, we should have done it on a nice round year. Yeah, man. Have your kids on round years. Get married yeah, on round years. Yeah, yeah. Just oh, make everything easier. Yeah, mm. yeah. But um, what about you? What about you? So you've been with Danny, um, or I've you've been married been... for how long? And with for how long? So been together fourteen years. Mm-hmm. Whoa. It's mm. over 14 years, so... Oh, you're Ding. catching up, love. You're on my heels, yeah. yapping at my heels. <laughs> Do you know what? It's because <laughs> I, don't really, I don't count. So it's like when you actually say it out loud, it's like... Yes. Oh, okay. Out. So uh, 14, 13. I think maybe we, this might be our 12th. And yeah, this year would be our 12th. Wow. 12 years of married. Do you know what? It's 12. No, it's not 12 for us. I'm making it up. <laughs> oh, what's wrong with me? 2006. Uh, uh. Let me do the maths. I can't do the maths. I can't. Well, well it's obviously, um, I was going to say long 18, enough, but that makes 18, it 18. 18 yeah. <laughs> wow. See, that's a whole adult, an 18 year old. Yeah. <gasps> wow. Time is flying. Wow. No, 16 yeah. years. <laughs> I mean, just give it up. We're both terrible at remembering. Let's just not um, allow them not to realise that we actually haven't really remembered. Um, don't know even when our wedding anniversary is or <laughs> And it's funny, it's like when you're not married, it's like, our anniversary is in. I don't know what um, date we started dating anymore. It's like, what? <laughs> what? Those kids are cute, though. I, Those well. parts of the relationship are cute. Yeah, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's been a long time for us. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what la 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 mm. explains to say. Hopefully, hearing some tales to yes. satisfy our need for um, yes, you know, a little bit of juice. Yeah, yeah, right. So should we let her in? I think so. Hello, hello, welcome. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> Good. Thank you yeah. so much for joining us. I'm oh, so excited about this episode. I've been following you for from the time I started. You know, same. You're one of the people, what? the first people I followed, and was like, "Yeah, I love this woman." Oh, oh my goodness, I love 
love that you know, so much. I have enjoyed watching your audience grow. Because I feel like, like you said, you've been following me. I've been following you from the get-go. And it's like, you know, when you start following someone, it's just like, you can see it's like the start of their journey. And then you mm. see how they like grow and everything else. And now you've got a book. Yeah. I, ah. I need to, I, I, I'll get some copies sent to you both. I should have done that oh, earlier in the week. Yeah, I appreciate that, Lala, because you know when you feel like a bit of a third wheel, like when you're <laughs> on a date, like with a friend date, and then your friend brings their partner, and then you're just there, like, being all awkward. That's kind of how I was feeling, so I'm glad that you're going to involve me in this. Oh, we can oh. Right. Okay, tell me your Insta, and I'll follow you too. Listen, we will, we will do this. We will do this, definitely. What's this? What's this? Yes. So, um, Lala, your journey has been terrific. Um, and you know what? So, for, for those who um, aren't for Lala, you're going to be by the end of this episode. <laughs> but Lala is like, um, not is like, is an anonymous, <laughs> is an anonymous relationships expert. So, even recording this, we don't know what she looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no silhouette. If you go onto socials, if you Google, there's nothing there. And I actually love that because you can just do, say, whatever you want, walk down the street. Mm. I don't know about you, see, but um, I've been in Ikea and people have been, someone stopped me and been like, sorry, um, I actually follow you. <laughs> don't I hope you don't mind. Yeah. I'm like, I know, I don't mind. And in my head, I'm like, I didn't like crap mm. was I shouting at my kids oh my yeah. god so I love yeah. the um the anonymous side of it all but in terms of your book how was it um publishing a book anonymously you know what it does it holds me back massively okay. in terms okay. of uh like financial growth and things like that because you know I can't go on tv I can't Yes, lot on loose women to discuss the book or uh you know there is lots of podcasts that won't have me on because they're all video recorded so it's definitely I know that my um I would have blown a lot more if I wasn't anonymous um and the book would have probably blown a lot more but I'm actually happy to not blow that's part of my anonymity really is is that I I genuinely don't want to be famous um yeah partly the reasons that you spoke about like I went to a festival once with my mate who's really really well known and it was horrible like we couldn't enjoy the festival because he could not take 10 steps without someone coming up like oh gonna get a picture I was just like I do not want this I still want to go to festivals and get a bit high and you know (laughs) I mean not have to worry about anything else um yeah, so so doing it anonymously has definitely held me back, but also the benefits that I get from anonymity are they they far outweigh that really for me. Mm. Yeah, it's like necessary boundaries for you, and it works for you. Yeah, That's brilliant. I, I talk about really personal stuff, you know, and I I feel mm. like if I wasn't anonymous. I wouldn't say half the stuff that I say because it's exactly. too much like it's me. And then mm-hmm. my son, when he goes to secondary school, he might be yeah. exposed to bullying and people saying, oh, your mum, your mum said this or that last night. You know, I just don't yeah. want any of that. Um, and also, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to 
um, date as easily. You know, if, if men were like, oh, no, I'm not, you know, terrified, mm. like, if they knew who I was. Uh, so, yeah. you know, they, they, there's loads of reasons. Also, it helps women to, to connect with me, you know, like I have mm-hmm. a really diverse following in terms of age, in terms of ethnicity, class, like really, really wide across the board. And that, and that's because, you know, like an Asian girl is it can follow me and just hear what I'm saying. She doesn't mm-hmm. have to go, oh, you're a white woman, you're 40 years old, we're not the same, you know. So, which I've done before. I've followed people and I've thought, you're probably not sleeping with the same kind of guys that I am. You're, you know, you look a certain way, you're much older than me or whatever. So I don't connect yeah. as much to what they're saying. Whereas yeah. with the anonymity, I can be who you want me to be and mm. you can connect to the parts that you relate to without thinking, yeah, but she's not in the same walk of life as me, you know? So there's yeah. just so much about the anonymity, which is, which is good. I love that. I love that. Blessing. And it makes, it does make me feel a little bit nostalgic for when I first started out in social media land, because I used to be anonymous. And for all of those reasons that you've listed, and my subject matter is nowhere near yours at all. Like no one's asking me to answer their serious sexual relationship questions Mm. at all. It's just like whatever, I want to post a picture and and a cute caption or whatever. But I just felt even then, even though my subject matter wasn't as serious, it, it just gave me the freedom to talk about a situation that I've had with a mum mm. at school, say, for example, or mm-hmm. someone in the local community who people might know. And it just, it meant yeah. I could just be open and honest about how I was feeling rather than having to edit myself because someone might hear this, read this, see this, and then mm-hmm. have a certain perception of me. So what I, made I you change? That. What made you stop being anonymous? Do you know what? Peer um, pressure. Yeah, a little bit of peer pressure. Um, no, but it was. It was because I, w- when I first started out in the whole mummy blogger lane, mummy mm. bloggers weren't anonymous. Like they, they had their faces mm. out there. They were smiling. They were showing you their aesthetic, their what they're wearing, their kids, all of this kind of thing. And those are the ones that were doing well. Yeah, you could still say anonymous and you could still have an audience but you just wouldn't like brands wouldn't approach you they wouldn't want you to advertise stuff because like what they're doing with someone who they Mm. can't put their face against their product yeah those things that you talked about so I was thinking how can I monetize this and unfortunately putting my face out there meant I would be more attractive yeah that is a difficult thing isn't it because I like I don't have a a, like management or agent or anything like that and because the living crisis is hitting me hard Mm. I'm a single mum I'm renting and I need to earn more money I I just do um and I don't do ads not really only very rarely for like things that I genuinely really like and use Mm -hmm. and I thought you know what this is I have to what am I doing like I need to start doing some ads and stuff on my page because I need the money um and and I can't find anybody who wants to represent me because they're like brands want all these curate you know these cool videos they don't want someone just like showing a picture and talking over it or you know so yeah so this this is my issue is that the anonymity really holds me back financially but to burst out of it and then suddenly feel like now I can't get back in my box you know once it's done it's done so literally literally mm, and then it's like is it actually worth it in the long run yeah Mm. in terms of the shortness of it and even because I used to do 
a lot more brands. And I think it's a slippery slope. Once you start doing the brand, another brand sees it and they're like, oh. And I think for me, it got to the point where so many brands were contacting me. If I wanted to do uh, an ad every single day, I could have. And I know there's a lot of people, it's like one day they're doing like shampoo, the next day they're doing, I don't know, a phone cover and then it's this and it's this and it's this. And then your page just literally turns into a whole advertising yeah. for different brands. And I think that's when people switch off. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess if it's worth it, it's worth it. But then in the long run, you never know. You never know. And do you know what it reminds me of in terms of not knowing like – um what you look like and just hearing your voice kind of reminds me of like old school kind of like radio shows that yeah. kind of thing yeah so in terms of um what you do radio I'd love to do radio you've got a face for radio babes <laughs> <laughs> I've been told that many times <laughs> have you ever seen the meme that says raise your hand if you've been personally victimized by your own taste in men and raise your hand then this book is for you This is not a dating book that promises to find you a person to love. Instead, it will help you spot the troublesome ones before it's too late. I'm giving you all the information I wish I'd had long before I started dating men. I come at this from both a professional and a personal perspective. I have accidentally become attached to or gone on disastrous dates with far too many crap men. And I'm not alone. I started putting my dating and relationship advice out on Instagram anonymously in 2017. And through word of mouth alone, my page grew exponentially. So many people who date cis men, men whose gender identity matches the one assigned at birth, could relate to my diabolical experiences with these time-wasting wallies. You're an amazingly informative dating educator. Can you explain um, how you got to this point? Um, What was your career journey slash rebrand mm. um well I was a social worker so well, actually before that uh I started off my career working for the NHS as a sex and relationships educator so mm. I uh used to go into schools colleges youth settings like including prisons um anywhere there was young people we used to have a, a bus that we would go and park up outside like youth centers and stuff um and we, we would teach children about safe sex uh but also the relationship side of things. So building self-esteem, looking at the relationships around you, identifying what's healthy, what's not. Um, And I really enjoyed doing that. But what I found that was quite a lot of children would come to me with, because we'd obviously, you know, we'd we'd, we'd go in like sort of four times. We did four sessions. And by the end of it, you'd often get young people coming up and going, I didn't even know that this was wrong, but my dad does this to me every night. Um, And I would then make the referral to social services and I'd never find out what happened. So I would just pass over this information and then I'd always feel really like sort of, I need to be involved in this. I want to get that dad. I want (laughs) to do something. I want to help this child. Um, So I started a a social work degree. there was also other stuff going on for me at that time as well. Uh, my partner um, went to prison. He got a really long prison sentence. So I was initially really interested in working in prisons and working with adults. Um, so I had this kind of combination of these two interests, this like children and sex education. And then I had like adults and prisons. And so social work was the really obvious route that would enable me to be qualified to kind of 
touch all areas of this kind of sector. Uh, then I did my social work degree, um, but then I went firmly into children and families uh, and worked there for 11 and a half years. Um, but because we have a Tory government, so I started working as a social worker under a Labour government uh, and we were very well resourced. We had services for like teens who were pregnant. We had services, really specific stuff like teenagers who were using drugs. We had services specifically for travelling families. We had all sorts of stuff so mm. we could actually meet the needs of, of our community. Mm-hmm. Um, then... The Tories came in and austerity started and just over the years I just saw everything slip away all of the services that we have for families slipped away sure start centers which were vital uh started shutting down and it got to the point where we didn't even have like printer ink in 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 the in the photocopiers you know like we had to bring in our own pens and so we were so under-resourced and I just got to the point where I felt like, what is the point in me even being here? Mm. You know, like I can sit on the phone to a family and say, what is it that you need? What can we do to make things better? But it's a pointless question because you're saying to me, actually, I need respite. Or actually, mm. I need somebody to help me be able to get to work and get my kids to school at the same time so that I can afford to pay the rent. I can hear you say all this, but I'm at the end of the phone like, well, I can't help you. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is what thanks for telling me. Um, so I just got to the point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, but I'd also got to the point where I was, um, single. I split up with my son's dad and I went, so I'd been in a long-term relationship with him and I went into the dating world completely naively, um, in about 2013. So not only had I you know, there was this whole new world to me because I've been with my, my son's dad for a few years. I was also newly dating as a single mother. Um, and I was very ill prepared for this. Uh, mm. Just went in fanny first without really <laughs> understanding <laughs> the red flags, really understanding <laughs> my role as a woman within all of this. Mm. Um so I was going into work as a social worker, like mm. helping people to identify all these risks and stuff. And then I was going home and dating people who literally looked like they were about to whack you around the face with a gun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was very incongruent and I wasn't applying everything that I was giving to other people to my own life. And then I got to this point where I um, was dating this guy and he was like the fuck boy that broke the camel's back. He was just like the last straw. And I had all these epiphanies, like, oh, my God, like, all this stuff you know. Why aren't you applying it to yourself? Mm-hmm. So I know then I wanted every woman to know. So I started doing an anonymous blog just because I wanted to get it all out. And then it just grew from there. Amazing. Wow. It's funny because there, I don't know. I'm, um, I can kind of relate to what you're saying in a sense. I um, left a uh, 10-year relationship, got divorced. I was a single mum. Um, the whole funny first kind of um, resonates in a way. <laughs> sorry, C. <laughs> sorry, C. Um, I love it. I'm a little yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> But I think there is that one that is the straw and it's just like, are you doing yeah like if this was anyone if this was my friend are you mad mm. so in a way it's like I'm always one of those ones stupid toxic um what's it called toxic positivity mm. um things happen for a reason yeah. however 
in in my defense, sometimes that needed the to happen is, to me. Yeah, sometimes the reason <laughs> yeah. is you're an idiot. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is amazing when I think in terms of people using their experiences to help other people rather than being like, oh, 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 okay, keep to yourself. Mm. But your experiences have helped so many people and you have got over, um, what, 207,000 followers. Mm. It's like you're helping at least them because those <laughs> people are telling those people yeah. and they've got a book. Yeah. So thank you for helping us get fuckboys out. Because, come on, the, the era's done. That's There's so the goal, much information out there that people should really be knowing now. Yeah, and I think that we can actually successfully eradicate them if women stop dating them. And that's not me blaming women for fuckboys mm-hmm. existing, but they will have to change their game if none of us are responding to it anymore, you know? Um, and, and, and sometimes I feel like maybe we're the generation that has to, like, sacrifice ourselves for the next generation of girls. Like, if we all just say, no, we're not, I'm not doing this no more. I'm not going to bend over backwards for these fucking men who have just mm-hmm. perpetually been allowed to just exist in ways that women have not for years and years and years. Um, maybe if we all just say, no, I'm not doing this mm. anymore until you fix up and, and start to help us to end the misogyny, which is still impacting on our lives. Um, no, I'm just, I'm out. Like, so... But actually, mm. rather than us stepping out, what needs to happen is that they need they need to improve. They just they yeah. and other men need to teach them how to improve. You know, hundred percent. And Lala, what is it do you, do you think that's made this whole narrative of oh a bad boy like oh you know I like a bad boy like what what yeah. is it that has made that such a popular way of living day in life? Like, is it just misogyny? Is it just patriarchy that's, that's allowed us to elevate those bad boys? Or is it something else? I think it is a combination of things, isn't it? Because, you know, the patriarchy tells us that we need a man to protect us, even though the only thing we need protecting from is other men. Um you know, the patriarchy tells us, and, and also it's not even necessarily just, the, I'm not sure where, what came first, the chicken or the egg, the, the patriarchy or the kind of evolutionary stuff where actually, you, you know, women are looking at, um, you know, subconsciously we are looking for tall men with broad shoulders and big jaws because somewhere wired into us that tells us that he's the one who's going to be most safest in terms of looking after our babies. You know, he's the hunter-gatherer. So I think there's some evolutionary stuff in there, although I don't place too much weight on evolutionary stuff. Even though it's relevant, I also feel like, you know, we also have, we've also been socialised and, you know, um, so so I think there is a tiny bit of that. But also I think a lot of it is to do with kind of our um so the patriarchy says that these men are the best and that these men are the alpha males. And so something I think within us kind of goes, that's what I want or that's what I'm going to you or that's what I need. And then comes along like attachment style kind of stuff which also makes us kind of go oh he's wanted by everyone he doesn't really want me so that's what I'm going to chase because um that's what's familiar to me is chasing Mm. love love that doesn't come easily Mm. um so uh, you know I think also a lot of women have that thing inside us where we want to fix and change and, and and nurture 
Um, you know, the, this idea that we can change a bad boy and make him love us is, is like a very powerful elixir to a lot of women. Um, again, rooted in patriarchy, rooted in all of that stuff around who we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to be like, you know, it's very complex, but I think therapy is the answer to, to resolve it all really. Amen. I just think everyone should have therapy. I really mm. do think there should be, obviously there's no money because of this government, whatever, <laughs> but starting in schools, guidance counsellors, start early, get them. And then, yeah, but that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast. In terms yeah. Of mental health. And it's important like just to mention that if people are looking for therapy and they are struggling with finances, it's, it's really good to have a look. If you just go, if you put in NHS talking therapies, there's a link on there and it takes you through to, um, I think it's the BCAP website. And, and there's lots of ways of accessing um, like slightly cheaper therapy because you can go with people who are studying. Um, also, for any of your black listeners, Black Minds Matter UK, yes. Yes. they are really good. I'm not sure how long their waiting list is at the moment, but they have got big funds where they've, they're linking um uh, black therapists with black clients for a certain uh, set piece of time. They are absolutely fantastic. But but you can also go to your GP and get a referral to local IAP services, like talking therapy services. Again, it's kind of time limited, but um, everybody should be able to access therapy regardless of their financial situation. Fantastic. I'll be sure to put that in the show notes and in our blog as well. Lala. What does someone do when they realise it's not them, it's them? <laughs> you know what I mean? When it's enough to block, delete and move on? What are those red flags that people should look out for? I think we need to do it a lot sooner than we've all traditionally been like taught to do it. You know what I mean? I think a lot of us, particularly women, are sort of like, well, you know, like I even said about that, that, that fuck boy who was the straw that broke the camel's back. It was like he kept, doing things he kept doing things and then then it was like well this is the last straw you know but why why did there have to be a last straw why would why was I not in a position where I'm like no this man who I've been on one date with has done xyz that's the straw and they get, mm. then again it comes back to that thing of us thinking well I can fix this and I can change this and and also a lot of self-blame it, it, and because society has told us that we are to blame for basically everything so I think, again, sometimes, you know, for example, I'm talking about it on my um, stories today, which is, so So yesterday I got chatting to a guy. It was all exciting. I had, um, he was doing some scaffolding on the house next door to mine. And I went out to vote and I was like, Jesus Christ, like, wow. And I was so sort of like surprised by this sexy man standing outside my house that I was like, wow, you're sexy. And he went, thanks. And I was just incredibly embarrassed and I walked off. And so I wasn't ready. Like, I didn't even mean to say, wow, you're sexy. Um, it just came out. Yeah, it just came out. But luckily, when I came, when I came back, he was like waiting outside for me and he was like, started mm-hmm. talking to me. We exchanged numbers. And I was all excited. Like, yay, hot man. Exchange your numbers. Even though if you know about scaffolders, then you know. And I don't mean to generalize a whole genre of people but scaffold like if there's one profession to avoid it's fucking scaffolders really? <laughs> yeah they're all naughty they're very they're, they're, anyway no let me not get sued by the you know scaffolding society. <laughs> anyway so 
literally within five minutes he texted me he was like oh you made my day nobody ever gives me any compliments and I'm like ha ha cute you know like we're, we're, we're exchanging back and forth and then he's like so what are you doing now I'm on my lunch break for one hour I could come around and eat you out and I'm like what what now red flag but I mean huge red flag to me and of course now at this point in my life I'm like no, get out of here. Like, he's mm. clearly envisioning some kind of porn hub situation, you know, mm. where, like, what woman is going to be into that? We all know that we're probably not going to come. What is the point in risking all of this? I'm not going to invite some random man into the house that mm. I share with my child. My sheets are clean. I don't need your fucking pubes <laughs> falling out. All like, the whole thing is just like, Ugh. You know, to me, there's nothing less sexy than that. But to him in his head, oh, you know, I've then the neighbor, let me go around and bang her like some kind of scene out of a porno. Um, and of course, to me, that's a red flag. Uh, and, and I said something to him. I was like, oh, like, that's, you're moving a bit fast. And he starts doing all that, like, it's not that deep. Calm down. Um, y- right. You know, why, why are you getting so overexcited? You know, Switchering. chill out. It was a joke. Ha, ha, ha. Mm. And I know that me 10 years ago would have been like, oh, maybe I am being a bit dramatic. Maybe he was just being cheeky. Maybe I need to steer this conversation back another way. Like, let him know that I don't want to do that. But maybe I might be up for it some other time in the future if he's just really nice to me. You know, I would have had all these like, but now I'm just like, no, like you've set your intentions incredibly clearly from the outset. Like, and even if it was a joke, why are you joking with me like that? Am I going to, you know, how, is that mm. how you talk to people? You introduce me to your mum. Am I going to make them kind of jokes with your mum? Like, <laughs> no, it's not a joke. It's not funny. Um, so to me, it's it's about really like looking at those things from early and seeing as, them as red flags from from early. Um, but of course, I think the most important red flags to, to be really clear about are ones that are about abuse. Um mm. So I think any kind of hints of like jealousy or uh, controlling behavior right from the start. And sometimes you can see that right off the bat. Um, Like I've had conversations with with guys where I'm just talking to you on a dating app uh, and they'll be like, are you talking to any other guys? I'm like, well, I'm on Tinder. Like, like, what do you think? Well, I don't like women who talk to loads of guys. So maybe this isn't going to work. Like instant red flag. Because you know what that guy's going to be like in the future. You just know. Um, so so I think for me, it's like any little hint that like I've just got no time for it. And I, but I think you have to be in a position where you're so comfortable with being single mm-hmm. to be able to be that brutal and ruthless about, about those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you're desperate and you're lonely and you really, really want to be in a relationship, it's much harder because you think, oh, maybe I can forgive this. Maybe I can change him. You've got to be at that point where you're like, no, nothing's getting through. So a couple of things on that, because, again, similar to the whole fuckboy thing, uh, jealous partner, this is another one of those um, narratives which it, it can go one of two ways. So either it's like, oh, he's jealous and controlling and it's a really bad negative thing or, oh, he's really jealous. Oh, it's cute. Yeah, it means he loves mm. me. Yeah. So, so that's one of these stories that we as women often tell us, and men and like everyone in between as well, often tell ourselves to make us feel better about a situation. And that's something that's been perpetuated and almost normalised as well, because you see it all the time in 
on dating shows, reality TV shows, when the guy's a little bit jealous and it's cute and, and it's it's allowed to happen. But mm. we, like, again, I, I just keep thinking, where did this come from? Like, who planted the seed in our heads that it's okay to act like that with another human being, another person that's mm. not a part of you? It's that whole independent being. And mm. you're allowed to feel it's okay to be controlling and be jealous and and sanction what they do and when they do it and all of that. And that's turned just cute. Like I I I just I really want to get underneath that so much. Mm. Well, I mean, I think the thing is, we 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 were always traditionally property, weren't we? Mm. We 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 were the property of men. Like if they were to 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 marry us back in the day, you'd like you know swap that for some chattel with your with your family. You know what I mean? You'd, that, that we were worth a camel or two. Um, we still you know, are in some cases. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and, you, you know, you have to ask the father's permission before you can marry and you have to take the man's name. You know, traditionally, we were owned by men. Um, and and so it's, I think there's a long legacy of, of, of men feeling like they're able to be like, no, you're mine. You are mine and nobody else can look at you and you can't look at anybody else, you know. Um, and that was just normal and accepted as the way that things operated in marriages however long ago. So I think the legacy of that remains. But I'm, I'm not saying that women aren't jealous either. I know a lot of women who are like insanely jealous and, and who seek to control partners. And of course, that comes from often our own trauma, our own experience of being cheated on or or whatever. Um, and again, that doesn't justify it. I, I mean, some amount of jealousy in a relationship is actually healthy. And I, I never really realised this until I spoke to the sex doctor. I don't know if you follow her, Dr. Karen Gurney. Um, and she was saying that actually a little bit of jealousy in, in relationships is, is a good thing because it keeps you on your toes if you have that sense that your partner is just there and they're never ever going anywhere else and nobody else wants them and they're just all yours forevermore, then you can become quite complacent within relationships. If you have that sense that actually this person is really fucking attractive and they're really brilliant and they're choosing to be with you when they could, you know, go off and have a happy life by themselves or, or with other people. And I don't mean to, fo I don't mean you're supposed to focus on that because that would drive you mad in any relationship. But just having that thing of like, no, I need to keep on making an effort with my partner. I need to keep showing up in this relationship to impress them um, and, and to make them happy because of the fact that I know that they could, um, you know, it, I think it keeps things healthy or certainly the sex doctor helped me to reframe that a certain small amount of jealousy can be healthy. But when it seeps into more than just a tiny little healthy amount just to keep you on your toes, when it turns into something around possessiveness, not allowing people to go out, accusing your partner of cheating irrationally, trying to control the stuff that they post on social media, um, then, then you, you, you're into abuse territory. Um, but you're right. It has been normalized. I've even seen like memes and stuff with girls saying, oh, I love it when a man like tries to fight other men because they've looked at you or whatever and you just think no nah, this is not aspirational <sighs> you know it's dangerous you mentioned that you started dating let's say Fanny first um when you came out of a long-term relationship and I think do you know what I think 
being in a long-term relationship, I think it's pretty hard for someone to come out of that and especially into a new digital world. Because for me, I I married my first boyfriend. So it was Mm. literally from school. We didn't really date. It was like, hi, I like you. (laughs) And then it just carried on. And then it was like, all of a sudden, 10 years later, and I had a child. It's like, I don't know what to do. There's Mm. dating apps what there's people like I was my early 20s they'd had all this experience I had no clue but then you get people that possibly started their relationships in their early 20s and then get to their 30s or 40s and they've got kids and then dating and the world of social media and apps are even broader now Mm. so what advice would you give to someone who is maybe recently divorced or um split up from a long long-term relationship and has kids that wants to date but has no idea what to do but they've got to read my book you know that is (laughs) (laughs) that is the best advice that I could give you uh because it is I mean my book really is designed to to be all the things that I think I should have known before I jumped in without a clue because social media and dating apps have changed the landscape Mm. dramatically when I met my son's dad we just met in a pub uh, during an England match and like you say it was a bit like we sort of didn't even date we were just at the pub that day then we went off to some bar in Islington and then we met up the next day and the next day and the next day and you know we just kind of got together it wasn't mm. even really dating. We just loved hanging out with each other and just never stopped. Mm. Um, and and I think that things have changed so much now. I think partly because we just have all these options at our fingertips. And so people aren't investing. People aren't putting in the same amount of effort as they did back in the day when it was like you could meet someone at a nightclub and you've got one number. So you're going to make an effort with that one number because you might not be going raving for another couple of months. <laughs> so like, let's make something out of this. Whereas now it's like, well, if this chat's not happening, it's cool, I can match with somebody else in 10 minutes. Um, Mm. So I think that has made people really complacent and not putting in any effort. But all of these other things have then shown up to make things more complicated, like, you know, judging people on a photo. um, And Mm. there's just so much around it. So I would say definitely read my book it will really really help I think I hope I've had really good feedback so it's not just me saying this um but also think about whether you can actually make it work like outside of the dating apps you know because I I think dating apps have gone off the boil a little bit um I think they're quite soul destroying I think if you go on there go on there with intentions like what are you what do you want am I going on here because I want a long-term relationship you're not going to find that very easily on Tinder. You're going to find that a lot of people are there for hookups. You're going to meet a lot of men who are like, I just want to like date and see what's happening in the future. You know, babes, like you're not going to find people <laughs> maybe on match.com and the paid ones. You might, might meet people who are a bit more serious and a bit more intentional about relationships, but there's a lot of married men on match. And I always say like, I'd rather not pay to meet them. You know, like at least there's married men on Bumble and Hinge too. Like so, that's just not paying. What is them. going on? Like, where oh, there's so many. I, I get it. Like, on, uh, so many women in in, in my uh, in my DMs daily. I mean, I get hundreds and hundreds of messages every day, uh, and so many of them are like, "I met this guy on an app. He seemed really great. Uh, we started dating, 
and then he blocked me and I looked at his WhatsApp profile via my friend's phone and I saw him there on his like wedding day or with his, you know, with, with a wedding <laughs> ring on or whatever, you know, it's just, it's common. It's, it's common. Um, it's, it's mad out here in the dating world. It really is. Are you both in relationships? Yeah, yeah. We're both you're married. So luck- oh, you're um, so lucky. And long-time relationships. Like, but I- then... No, go on. Sorry, Steve. No, I like, I hear all of this stuff. And I've heard, obviously, like, friends of mine who were single and dating or whatever. I've heard bits and bobs from them. But it's all like, like I'm watching a tv show i can't mm. even it doesn't sound like reality because like you say it's so different from how it was when i met my husband and we did we met at a bar and then we just started dating and we like, just stayed together ever since and yeah uh, blah, blah, blah. but uh, um it was it that, that was how you met people like everyone i knew at that time who got with someone just met someone like that and like god mm-hmm. forbid you met some random from you who just sent you a message on your, on your phone like that that just didn't happen like how no. many people actually even had phones that they could use and and have the minutes to be calling and all of this yeah. kind of stuff and like, <laughs> no no so <laughs> like, you had to meet people in your life so all this online is just oh, I'm, I'm a bit nervous for what my kids are going to have to go through because it's only going to get more and more technological the way that we meet people in in my estimation i'm just worried yeah it's interesting isn't it because we're about to head into a whole new generation of people becoming adults who never knew life before you know i Mm. think we're really blessed i don't know how old both of you are but i'm 40 and i i feel incredibly blessed that i was able to live life i guess up to around 2007 so yeah what was i 25 or something where social media was not a thing Mm -hmm. you know i first got i mean we had a bit of myspace and stuff and i suppose that was the first like creeping in but we are very very lucky to to have known life before um Mm. We are now about to head into a generation of adults who never knew anything different, who are raised on social media, who 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 don't have the benefit of of knowing how to interact outside of this weird, like fake world, you know. Mm, and I yeah. do wonder, like you say, I wonder what it's going to be like for our kids. They don't know anything different. Well, at least we have that kind of perspective of how things should be, mm. and maybe that's not how things should be. Maybe we're clinging a bit onto the the part you know this is how it is now and I never want to be that like oh well back in my day this is what we did <laughs> you know like I never want to be that I want to be able to move and accept that the world moves and that we have to kind of go with it but I do worry about about what these people are going to be like you know what mm, I mean yeah it's the whole things of times are changing because mm. like you said so I'm 40 as well and um yeah my space but I met my partner because he dm'd me on Facebook because we had a mutual one mutual friend who I didn't really know and <laughs> like now I'd be like why is he trying to talk to me in my dms and yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out so yeah then I guess it, you we are going to have to move with the times and see what's what, but we just have to raise children with the knowledge about fuckboys and about red flags and about boundaries. We have to do, I guess, more preparation for them to do that dating and know what's acceptable and what's not. You know what I find so challenging, though, is like, so I'm having these issues with, my son's 10, he's going to secondary school next year, 
and every parent has these different boundaries. Like, so he, my, my son has been chatting to this uh, girl in his class, chatting to this girl, he's friends with a girl in his class who he has a bit of a crush on and they've been having like FaceTime calls and stuff like that. And, and then my son was with my sister and my brother-in-law and uh, he was having a FaceTime chat with this girl and, and my brother noticed that there was a man on the call uh, on the video call, like an adult man. So my brother was like, uh, my brother-in-law was like, what the hell is going on? Who's this man? The man like hid out of view as soon as my brother-in-law started to try and get involved in the phone call. Phone call mm-hmm. ended and then uh, I, I, my my brother and sister had spoken to my son and he said, oh, it's, it's this girl's um, friend. So I messaged her parents immediately and I was like, I'm really concerned. There's like an adult man on this FaceTime with our kids. They dialed him into the call. He was like on a three-way, like like you could see him. Yeah. So, and and I'm hearing it's this little girl's friend. So I'm like straight on the phone to the parents, like, oh my God, I'm really concerned. There's like an adult man on this video call. And her Mm. parents were like, oh no, no, it's her surf instructor who we met when we went on holiday to Morocco last week. And I'm like, right, and how old is he? And she said, he's 20. And I'm like, why is he having FaceTime call with two 10-year-olds? And she said, oh, it's not like that. It's not like that. We we, we met him and, and and him and her got really close and they exchanged numbers and they now they're close. FaceTiming. And in my head, I'm like, this is, this is how grooming happens in plain sight because you have now convinced the family. And in my head, I'm like, in what world do 20-year-olds <laughs> want to chat to 10-year-olds? Like, not in, at all. I know, no. only in the paedophile world, exactly. right? Like, exactly. Not, um, thank you. I wish that your kids were friends with my bloody son. <gasps> like, oh, do you know what I mean? Because for me, it's this whole new challenging thing of like, to me, this is so clear in my head. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And then I'm dealing with another parent who's like, oh, this is fine. So it is that whole thing of like, we all have our different ideas and we all have our different boundaries. And I know that mine's right. Um, <laughs> but, but also it's very difficult, isn't it? Like when you, when you come across, you know, I can't even remember what sparked off me telling that story, but it is that whole thing of like, we can protect yeah, our boundaries. kids, but not necessarily. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Is, you know? Yeah. Definitely. I mean, yeah. I've got um, a cousin who is in year seven We've got numbers, but it would be like, hi, how are you? Cute gif. I'm not having full-on conversations. Yeah, that's because what? That's, that's your cousin. cousin. It's my cousin. Woman. I'm, I'm thinking, what have I possibly got to say to an yes. 11-year-old? Yeah. It's not my yeah. child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. conversations. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. No, no, it's weird. No. It's weird. And that's the thing, isn't it? They groom the family. So that that mum is now not going to be suspicious when he's on the phone at night saying, send me a picture. Wow. You know what I mean? This is how it goes. Um, wow. That does remind yeah. me of that Netflix show, though. There was a Netflix show that yeah. was Yeah, oh, that was weird. That was, what was it? Abducted in... No, oh, was it something yeah. in plain sight, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 And he groomed the parents so successfully, didn't he? And the mum, and the dad, and the yeah. daughter. And it's like... <laughs> oh, there's something relationship to every member of the family. Yeah. But it's like, how do these things happen? We know how they like happen, that. because not everyone thinks 
the yeah. same way as you. We all have different, yeah, yeah. different and parameters, don't we? To be, to be able to be that naive and it not have any negative consequences. Like, wouldn't it be lovely for people mm. just to be able to, like, meet mm. another person and have a lovely relationship and just chat about stuff that interests both of them, like maybe a 20-year-old and a 10-year-old, maybe. But unfortunately... <laughs> That's not that's not how it is. That no. is not how it is. So yeah. please don't be naive, no. listeners. No. If your child is talking to a twenty year old person who you just met last week, can you please cancel that relationship? <laughs> please. Yes. <laughs> Sarita and I, I think was it last week or the week before, I can't remember when when it was, but we caught up on this Netflix show, The Ultimatum. Now, have you mm. seen The Ultimatum? I've seen the first two episodes. Okay. That's all you needed to see. <laughs> right so um basically for those who haven't listened to our previous episodes what the hell were you doing and for those of you who haven't listened to or watched the ultimatum it's about one partner who wants to get married the other partner's unsure so the partner who wants to get married gives them the ultimatum marry me or let me go to find the person who will marry me and um they basically get to spend three weeks with someone else to understand what they are missing by not being with their partner. So they spend three weeks with some random and then they get back together with their partner, spend three weeks with them. And at the end of that six weeks, they decide whether they're going to get married or whether they're going to move on. Right. But they're all in, you have to make this disclosure. They're all early 20s, one of which was 30, but way too early young. 20s. Way too young to be we, worried about having ultimatums about getting married. Right. That, was, just, that was our opinion, but yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> What do you think, Lala, about ultimatums? Can they ever be a good thing in a relationship? Uh, you know, I'm a bit torn on this one. I, I don't, I think there's probably quite a few grey areas. <clears throat> I think the most obvious thing is like, if you have reached the point where you have to give an ultimatum, you're probably, I don't feel like you can come to that point until you've had over and over and over again of you saying, please do this or please change that. Please do this or having the same conversation about the same relationship issue over and over again. I think, you know, if you reach that point where you're like, right, that's it. If this doesn't change by this point, I'm gone. Um, I think if you, you you know, the fact that you've even reached that point probably shows you that you're on a bit of a losing battle, Mm -hmm. that you're trying to force something to change that just doesn't come naturally to that other person. But I also think that sometimes the way that some people operate, um, that fear of maybe losing the relationship can be enough to prompt them into into making those changes. You know, we're all humans. And I think sometimes things can be a bit black and white. Like if your partner's not doing this and you keep asking, just leave, you know, And, and actually that's that's not reality. It's not realistic, especially when you are tied up with kids and mortgage and all of that kind of stuff. So, so, so yes, I think there's something really crap about having to have got to that point where you're having to give an ultimatum. Um, but sometimes they can be effective to let the other person know how serious they are. But I don't think any of these people who are on this show should be getting married or even have gone on this show or like they're, they're, they're all they're, they're, a like you said I totally agree they're too young um but the, the things that they're arguing about are such big things like 
not wanting children yeah you know mm. having to steer a partner over to wanting children that's like let people not want children mm-hmm. it's okay to not want children mm-hmm. and actually that's a really positive decision to make because if you don't want children and then you have them and then you regret them you're just fucking up another human yeah um you know, so I, 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 yeah, I think I think the whole there's so many dating shows that are just a bloody mess. You mm. know, just an absolute mess. And this is just another one that I just feel like this is just exploiting people's relationship problems and insecurities for entertainment. I just think it's, mm. it's bollocks. It's true. It's definitely true. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's mess. I don't want it in my household. So we're going to watch it out there. Yes. All right. Yes. And yeah. things change. It's like we had Big Brother. We no longer have the type of Big Brother we used to watch. Mm. So we'll get to the point where people will realise, actually, this is quite toxic. Maybe we shouldn't put these shows on. And it will stop. And we'll get something mm. else. But in the meantime, it's bringing me joy because there's a slight tiny bit of mess and drama that I'm appreciating. <laughs> and I know it's wrong. However, until it stops, I'm just going to keep on watching it. Oh, listen, don't worry. I love Selling Sunset. <laughs> I love Bling Empire. Like, I'm into all of them things. Just So I, I've got no, I can't cast any judgment <laughs> on any, what anyone watches. But you know what? In terms of actually watching them, I personally think it's actually quite therapeutic because you get to see things in different people's relationships. You're like, oh, and you might think oh maybe I see that in myself mm-hmm. and you kind of understand and see where toxic things are happening and like, again yeah. it's like the whole communication thing that some of them couldn't do and you're like oh okay yeah I probably do that maybe I should listen more so it's kind of looking at your relationship style in a way or blips of it from outside of yourself so maybe yeah. in yeah. terms of people that are in relationships it's quite good to see toxic things because it's not all roses and glitter that you might see on, say, like Instagram or yeah. other shows, like, I don't know, getting married and whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, so, I think you're absolutely right. It's a bit like Love Island comes under a lot of criticism and, and well-deserved, I think, most of the time. But you're right. It does give a, like, a narrative and a kind of visual representation sometimes of, of like, key horrible behaviours that you might not be able to sort of recognise or name, but then you see that happening on Love Island and you're like, oh, that's a good example. So then it provides us a kind of really good educational tool uh, for those things. But, yeah, I mean, I think something like Love Island is just out and out harmful, really, um, to young people. That's a whole other conversation. La 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 Let Me Explain is an anonymous relationships expert who delves into the highs and lows of modern-day dating. She provides raw and honest advice and tips that people are often too embarrassed or afraid to talk about. Lala is a qualified social worker, a dating and relationships educator, and an author. Her book, Block, Delete, Move On, It's Not You, It's Them, can be found in all good bookstores. Follow her journey, watch her stories, and read her advice on Instagram. At La La La, let me explain. What in the world? See, I still haven't um, created a jingle for that. Season yeah. two, I'm going to surprise him. I'm just going to put it in there and you're going to be like, how cute. Like it's a little, it's not going to be a surprise. Well, it will be if it's like a little garage track or something Uh-oh. and I get my cousin to do some kind of remix of what doing all the gum fingers and stuff like that. Okay, okay. Right. But now I've told you it's going to have to be some kind of different thing. But anyway, um... 
in this section, we talk about um, what we have seen either in the news, online, what's going on. And unfortunately, um, well, I say unfortunately because I'm not enjoying it. And I don't think it should personally be out. I don't know. But yeah. Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard, um, for those who haven't, well, for those living what? under a rock. Who? What? <laughs> for those who haven't heard about it. Who? Some people, I, I meet loads of people that are like, don't know what's people voted yesterday, haven't watched the news, don't know what's going on. So for that one or 0.2% people that don't know what's going on, <laughs> Johnny Depp is suing his ex-wife, Amber Heard, over domestic um, over a domestic abuse column she wrote for the Washington Post in 2018. She is counter-suing for $100 million. And the trial is actually, because it's America and they can do what they want, is being streamed live every single day, during which both parties have given an evidence involving details of PTSD, alleged, I say alleged, physical abuse and sexual abuse. And both parties obviously have celebrity status. Everyone knows who Johnny Depp is, even if you are living under a rock. I've seen loads of memes, loads of clips, like spliced together, people rooting for one side with hashtags, etc. People going in and being like, Amber Heard is blah, 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 team Johnny Depp, la, 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 la. And it's essentially about domestic abuse, a serious issue. Lala, what are your thoughts about this very public domestic abuse trial mm. um you know I've had to sort of switch off from it because I have been finding that I can't find any unbiased coverage mm. um I initially started watching the coverage on this account called House in Habit uh and the first few days that I was watching it, it seemed really factual. It seemed really balanced. It felt like I was just watching the trial as it was going along with a little bit of commentary. And mm. then it was like something turned on her account. And I don't know if it's because she was being bolstered by the amount of Johnny Depp fangirling going on. But it suddenly turned into this real, like the coverage was so biased and so it started sort of mocking Amber Heard and her account has grown. I mean, she's getting like a hundred thousand followers a week or something crazy like that because her, her coverage seems to have really been the one that people are hanging on to, but it is so biased. And so it was the moment that she started talking about how me too has like fucked, you know, fucked men over and all of this kind of stuff. I was like, ah, no, right. And I, and I was really pissed off because I'd actually recommended her. I was like, hey, guys, this is really good. And I'm really starting to see that actually maybe um, Johnny Depp, you know, isn't as bad as what he was. And then I was like, fuck, this woman is like deranged. <laughs> Got to put out another call out to say, everybody, please don't get your... Uh, Wait, like, mad. Uh, then I started following someone else called The Talk of Shame. Um who's doing coverage and again really really balanced but again it was swaying me to feel very positive about Johnny Depp so then I started really looking for stuff around Amber Heard um and, and in the end I just sort of gave up because it's it's doing my head in actually w what my belief is and I don't actually think that any of us really have the right to comment on any of it because mm. we weren't there mm. and we don't know Basically. and it feels like for everything that I see that makes it look like Amber was 100% the 
the victim of power and control and abuse. But everything I see that makes me go, wow, sure about that. I then see something else that makes me go, oh, but that really looks like that's not true. And that really looks like, you know, so I don't feel comfortable with really taking any position. What I do think, and a lot of people argue against this, and I guess it is just perspective, is that in most relationships where there is domestic abuse, um, power and control is at the heart of it. And there is somebody in, you know, even like victims can hit back, victims can be awful, but inherently there is one person with the power and one person Mm. causing fear and one person who's in control of the dynamic of that relationship. Mm. From the stuff I've seen, I'm not exactly sure from the stuff I've seen, there's things that make me think that these were two chaotic people who fucked each other over. Mm. And so, so you know, you could list out all of these. He definitely abused her without mm. a shadow of a doubt. But I also think she definitely abused him. Mm. Now, there's lots of people who really don't like my stance on that because they, they want me to, you know, as a domestic abuse professional, there's a lot of people who believe that they just can't be that dynamic. There has to be somebody who's the who who holds more of the power, and of course that's going to be Johnny. He's a man. He's much more famous. He's older. Um, you know, and lots of the stuff that we know about the way he's, you know, he's definitely abused her. He's definitely abused her. But I think she's also abused him. Mm. There's lots. But when I called it mutual abuse, there were a lot of people who were like, "That doesn't exist." And wow. I lost a lot of followers for saying it. But I, I, I stand by it. I, I, I don't. I, th- I think that they were two people who were fucking awful to each other. But all of those people who were like, Johnny Depp's amazing and turning it into like a circus, mm-hmm. I think they, they need to really look inside themselves because actually he's not amazing. I'm not disputing that he's abused her in a lot of ways. What I'm wondering though is is how culpable she's been and how much truth she's really told. You know what I mean? It's, it's complex. So I'm not going to, and, and it's not right for anybody, I think, to lay down and go, I'm on this side. We shouldn't be taking sides. We should actually all be stepping away from this and stop yeah. using it as entertainment. But I think it's going to send women back a long way. I think this has bolstered a lot of people to be like, look, women lie. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's my problem with it being so, um, I guess, public. I don't I don't feel right with it being on TV because it it's on TV. So it is kind of like, a source of entertainment that's what tv's for it's not like filmed in a documentary style what you when, like you said it's not really there's no it's quite biased in some respects because they're only going to be showing certain bits i know it's obviously recorded live but then when you see other clips a new station might be team johnny depp and only mm. show certain things but like you said it, it for me when i i've only read a bit because I'm like, you know, it's too much, it's too much. It does seem quite mutual. And it reminds me of a film. Um, I'm going to sound quite old, but I can't say that because you're the same age as me. Um, <laughs> have either of you seen War of the Roses? Oh, yes. I know that film. Yeah. And it's, um, it reminds me of that. So it's two people getting divorced, but they are equally horrible <laughs> to each other. Yeah. Hit for tat kind of thing. Yeah. And obviously they're getting divorced because whatever happened, whatever. But there is abuse on both sides and I personally Mm. think it can happen there's obviously reactive abuse and stuff like that but you know I don't know I don't know I just don't like the whole publicity of it all it's a bit icky it's really icky icky. really icky and I I mean the fact that yesterday was I watching the 10 o'clock news I think 
because I was just trying to catch up on what was going on with the local elections, suddenly there's like the most salacious bit of the trial from that day that they're talking about. They had to put trigger warning on um, before they started talking about it. Like there was absolutely Mm. no benefit to them adding that bit into the news Mm. at all. Like, is this what the world's come to? Like, really? I'm trying to watch the news to get some factual information about what's going on in the world politically. And here I am with this celebrity nonsense, essentially, this circus. Like, what? Why? 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 Yeah. And as you said, Lala, we don't know. We don't know what's gone on. Why does it even need to be on telly? Who is Johnny Depp? Who is Amber Heard to, to us? Like, why? Mm. <laughs> Publicising Yes, they're multi-millionaire celebrities in Hollywood, but at the end of the day, what they've done was between the two of them, like, let it be behind closed doors, let them fight it out, and then we can hear the outcome. I'm sick of it. I'm absolutely <laughs> sick of it. I'm sick of it too. I don't yeah, I am. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, 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 it's odd, isn't it? What, what I feel very uncomfortable with is that if you believe that Amber Heard is this terrible abuser, then you must believe that Johnny Depp is too. Exactly. You have to, because there's so much evidence that he has done vile, vile things. And I, I think what's scary is that people are really going hard on the Team Johnny thing and then sort of like mocking her while she's crying, you know, um, trying to paint her out to be a liar um, and, and and using it absolutely as a thing to say, men are abused, women lie. Um, but it's interesting because there's, you don't hear the same narrative. You know, I haven't heard anybody say about Johnny Depp, why did he stay? Why did he stay? If this was abuse, then why did he leave? You know, that 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 they're applying all these kind of narratives to it, like this is proof. Um, but then they don't treat him in the same way that you would treat traditionally somebody who has been abused by their partner. You know, it's this weird parallels everywhere and kind of um, not parallels. What's the right word? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? But you know, it's this thing where it's like. Yes, Johnny Depp's now going to be the poster boy for men are abused. But why are we like, A, we're not treating him in the same way that we treat women who are abused. And and B, why are you forgetting about all this shit he's done to her? Um, It's very messy and very complex. Why is it that when Meghan, like we were going through this whole fascination that the British media had with Meghan and, and Harry, when that was all going on, everyone was like, oh, well, she's an actress. So, like, mm. how can you believe anything that she says? Like, she could just say whatever and, and behave in whatever way she's an actress. Meanwhile, here we have an actor and an actress, mm. and we're so happy to just take one side over the other. Like, they, why? how comes Megan was such a fantastic actor? All she's been in is suits, as far as I'm aware. Like, I don't know what <laughs> yeah. she's been in. Meanwhile, here we are with these lot, Pirates of the Caribbean, like, whole empire <laughs> built around this guy. Every single day. Uh, but what else? I said Nightmare on Elm Street. There you go. Like, what the hell? But uh, I, I just find, and that to me is steeped in not only misogyny, but like misogynoir, like, but then we can. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's just yeah. insane. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing, isn't it? Amber's an actress and Johnny's an actress, but yet we're only hearing this nag- narrative of, look at her, look at her acting. But he's, mm. why, why are we not pointing at him acting? You know, it's, it really it does show you so starkly um, how women are perceived in society. 
and, and Megan is just a, is, is a fabulous example of that, specifically how black women are treated in society. Women as a whole are, you know, we're still having to fight to be believed and be heard and be taken seriously. Whereas Johnny Depp just has to walk into the courtroom and like, oh, wow, listen to him, love him. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's crap. Words of advice. Although I think I kind of know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, do you have any advice for those who have blocked, deleted, um, but are struggling to let go? You know, it's, it's such an annoying answer because really therapy is is the only Ooh. answer. Read my book, get therapy. Yeah. You know, there's no magic wand. There is, I don't think there's anyone who could say, do this and you'll be fine. It's the same old shit that we, you know, that is really the answer to everything, which is look after yourself, love yourself, go on your healing journey, start journaling, start accessing content that makes you feel happy, look at YouTube videos about law of attraction and um, self-esteem and, and all of that stuff, be with your friends, um, start to get back and to, to who you were before that relationship happened or before that incident happened, um, you know go hard on the self-love you know and it's a process it's a journey it takes a long time and it's it's also not linear like it's not just like oh you know I'm I'm here feeling shit now but if I carry on like this by the end of it I'll be perfect it's never that it's circles it's ups and downs and roller coasters and um, it's an ongoing lifelong journey but if you just focus on you then you'll probably be all right thank you Thank oh, you. I feel cleansed. That was a lovely <laughs> way to end it. Uh, <laughs> after a full-on day conversation for an hour, like. <laughs> Where can our amazing listeners find you, Lala? Uh, literally just on my Instagram, at la, 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 let me explain. I'm not really on any other socials. I can't handle it. I don't understand how people do, like, mm-hmm. YouTube and Twitter and TikTok and all this. I'm like, no, one place, that's it. <laughs> that's easy, because if you've got an um, audience, they're going to follow you in that one place and it's done, isn't it? They don't need yeah. to go in here, there and everywhere. For yeah, what? For exactly. what? So basically... You can buy the book. Is it in all bookstores, all amazing bookstores, yep. online, yep. Amazon, yep. and audio? Oh, on audio version. Yeah. Sarita is looking for you. Look at her doing a happy dance. Uh, with your free Amazon credit. Yes. Well, I've got five, dear. I've got five. So that's definitely going to be done. Oh, yeah. Um, go for so, it. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you thank for you having me. Thank you so amazing. much, Lala. And we will catch you on the gram. Bye. Bye. Women Who Rebrand, the podcast. Honest and humorous conversations about the transitional phases people experience to grow, start over, or rebrand to become their most authentic selves. Hosted by former mummy bloggers Sarita Fontaine and Chioma Olaleye, and guest featuring professional rebranders. The podcast covers starting over at different stages of life, championing personal growth, aka a personal rebrand.